fear from you. With bow hearts, we come to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was wondering what you were going to flash at me. I was like, uh-oh, am I out of time already? <laughs> All right. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for coming. You could have stayed at home. You could have hung out at home, but you are here. You honor God, and I'm thankful that you're here, so I have somebody to talk to, other than the thousands of people that are watching by YouTube, okay? So, um... I was I was uh, kind of shocked because uh, I placed the YouTube on like uh, I ex accidentally put it on automatic because Minister Chris uh, uh, Ivory had called me and said, you know, he was like, like he's he's back in the fold. He's with Christ. He's on fire for Jesus again. And I was like, so this is the second time we talked. But the first time, you know, we, we talked, I was just so happy. I called Lawrence. I said, Chris just called me. And all we talked about was Jesus. And she was like, yeah, he's back in the fold. And so as Chris, uh, as Chris was, Minister Chris was talking to me, he was just telling me about something concerning uh, um, Matthew chapter 7 and uh, John chapter 6, verse 40. And it gave me the message for today because... Um, Matthew chapter 7 really tells you that not everybody that says Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of God, okay? And we have to know and understand that because um, my biggest fear um, for Christians is that you're, you like going to church but you haven't met Jesus yet. Mm. Or like you... You know, you 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 acknowledge that Jesus is there, but you don't really spend time reading his word or getting to know him. So it's kind of like a religion, but it's based on a superficial acknowledgement of God. You understand? Yeah. And God is like, uh, that's not what a relationship is. OK, it's like if I superficially acknowledge that a girl I want to date exists, but I never ask her out or sit down and talk to her. We don't really have a relationship. But in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, we, I'm in a relationship. No, you're not. You have a religious connection. You see her, you like her, you never talk to her, you never spend time with her. But in your mind, you're in a relationship, and that's religion, okay? Mm -hmm. I go to church, I sit, I kind of listen, I don't apply anything that is said, I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, and I'm not in communication with Jesus, but I feel like I'm in a relationship with him. And God, and, and God is saying it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, and that's, and the Lord wanted me to know that is why in the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, there are many people that are standing there. And um, here, let's read it instead. I'm going to I'm going to let us read it because I want you to know um, exactly what I'm talking about. 
Let's go to Revelation chapter, uh, I think it's six. And this wasn't planned, but the Lord just told me to read it. Okay. Thank God be talking to you. Yes, I can't explain it. Um, I hope he talks to you too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's in Revelation chapter seven. Okay. Now, this is at the end of the tribulation. This is like Jesus is about to return. And uh, and then John is already in heaven. He already saw the church has already arrived. This is the end of the tribulation. The seven years is almost over. Tribulation has happened on the earth. But then now at the end of the tribulation, God, uh, John says, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were holding, or they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their face before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory uh, and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, it says in the beginning, it says there's a great multitude of these people. And then it says in verse 13, then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are who are they and where did they come from? So that's a good question because he knows that the church is already there. The Old Testament saints are already there. So who are these new arrivals who just came out of the tribulation? Who, who are these people? OK. And he says this, then one of the elders asked, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I asked, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne and serve him day and night in the temple. He who sits on the throne will will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger and never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. So what have they been through that they're being relieved of hunger, starvation, thirst, and the sun beating down on them as, an, as a scorching flame? So they've come out of the great tribulation. You understand? Listen to me. All of these people have accepted Jesus, but not before the rapture, after the rapture. Okay? So then there's something going on in the tribulation that, that has convinced them that what they used to play with is real. And has convinced them that uh, this... Religion they once played around with was real. 
Because they heard 144,000 preach the gospel. They heard angels flying in midair preaching the gospel. All this goes on in the tribulation. And now they realize the Antichrist is real. They realize he's, the world is under one world control. And now in the tribulation, they are so gung-ho for Jesus that they would rather die, and some of them are beheaded, than disown Jesus. Not one of them is claiming once saved, always saved. <laughs> Not one of them, okay? They're all like, I've got to live, I've got to really proclaim Jesus. So my fear is that I want as few Christians a part of the tribulation group as possible. I want more people to leave when you're supposed to be gone. Okay? And you're supposed to be gone at the wedding, at the wedding feast, at the tribute, at, at, in, in the beginning of the tribulation, not at the end. But God is so gracious that even through that time, he's still going to be preaching the gospel and offering salvation to people who denied him or ignored him while while uh, they were on earth. OK, now the scripture clearly tells me that when the rapture happens, it will not be a secret. OK, so nobody's this thing is not going to happen in the whole world is like, I wonder what happened. You know, now they will be lied to, but they will know and they will be able to calculate. You know what? It's amazing, like the people that left all believed in Jesus, you know, they're going to be able to know these people. Something is in common about the people that left. Now, they will lie to them and say, you know, the aliens took them because they're not ready for the new world. And uh, <laughs> and they'll be, and some of them will believe it. OK, because that's the deception that they will believe. But listen. If you're betting that the Bible is not going to be completed, you are betting against God. OK, Revelation has not been completed. You understand? In chapter four, we'll begin its completion. You understand? So I want you to be ready for that by being in relationship with Jesus. You understand? And we're going to talk about that. OK, so Minister Chris called me and we talked about uh, some things. And then he, he, he told me about Matthew chapter seven. Let's go to Matthew chapter seven. You know, title of my message is Pastor Ben. Behold the Lamb of God. <laughs> Pastor Van, I was shocked because I went upstairs and prayed that God would give me a message because I didn't have a message this morning. And God gave me the message. He said, call, call Minister Chris and get that scripture and then I'll give you the message. I called him, get, got the scripture. And then I, I, um, I went down and I started doing the study. <laughs> So here it is. Are you in Matthew chapter 7? Okay. I am going to get there with you. Okay. Matthew chapter 7, and we are going to be in verse 21, I believe. Okay. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Okay. Oh, God. Can I, Lord, let me pray. Okay. The Lord said it's okay. I could start from verse 15. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. You hear that? <laughs> they come to you as Christians. That's what the word is saying, okay? They come to you as Christians. They don't come to you like, I'm a devil worshiper and I'm here to deceive you. No, they come to you like, hey, brother, I, I too am anointed of the Lord and I just want to give you some good advice. Okay, so know how they're coming to you. Okay, it says, um, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Okay, so how will you recognize them? And their fruit is what? Their actions. Their actions. Okay, do people pick grapes from a thorn bush? No. Or figs from a thistle? No. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear a good a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will know them. So what God is telling you when the when these wolves come in and they're wearing sheep's clothing and they're saying that they're Christians, watch what they do. If they show up at a Lady Gaga concert supporting LBG community, go, oh, maybe he's not really a sheep. You understand? If he declares yoga classes at his church and brings in somebody to teach yoga classes on Tuesday, okay, you might want to watch his actions and say, maybe he's not a sheep. Okay? If he's on TV and they say, do you think Jesus is the only way to heaven? And he says, well, I think that there are many ways to heaven because there are many different types of people. You should know by his actions, maybe he's not really a sheep. OK, because you're watching it. Or if some the, the church over here um, down south, he, he gets caught for cheating on his wife. Then he goes to another church and gets hired. OK, and then he gets caught cheating on this wife. And he's still pastor. So at some times you got to go, am I really paying attention? Or if everybody that dresses up and holds a Bible, do I just think, well, there's a great sheep? No, it might be a wolf. You understand? So you're supposed to be watching. You're supposed to be watching. Don't ignore what you see. Okay? Now, is, is warning you about that because 21 is the, is the scripture. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. The Lord says, slow down and, and, and explain that. Okay. He says, only those who do the will of his father. Okay, 
The word will in the Greek is thelema. It means the ability to choose your actions. Okay? So now, here you are in the earth realm. You have the ability to choose your actions. Okay? Now, once you get, in, you, you get born again, the Holy Spirit helps you to grow in Christ so that you can change the things you need to change to be more like Christ. But you still have your will to deal with. You understand? Amen. Amen. Your will has to be submitted to God because he says only those who do the will of the father, not your own will. The will of the Father. Yeah. So you got to get in the scripture and find out what is God's will. Because if you don't know what God's will is, then you won't understand what he wants you to do. Okay? But remember, your will belongs to you. God will never take your will away from you. Why? Because God don't want robots. God wants to be in love with somebody who's also in love with him. You understand? Okay. So um, thank you, Lord, because he told me slow down. Okay. It says many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles, then I will tell them plainly, I never gnosko you. That means I never had a personal relationship with you. I never had a personal relationship with you. Yes, you went to church. Yes, you played games. Yes, you brought people up there. Yes, you laid hands on them. And yes, some of them fell out because that's what you do. But I knew that it wasn't Jesus, and you knew it wasn't Jesus. Yes, you did shout in church. Yes, you did all these things, but I knew that you weren't really a Christian because I knew that personally, I don't know you, and you don't know me. You understand? So developing a relationship takes what? Time spent together in experience so I can know you, you can know me, we sit down, we're talking, we're developing a relationship, okay? You coming in here is not a relationship with Jesus. I'm sorry to tell you. I mean, I, I love seeing people at church, but this is not your relationship. This is when we all come together to celebrate our own personal relationships yeah. that we have with God. Yeah. Amen. But this isn't it. Because what did you say? Thank you. This is a group date. <laughs> Ain't nothing personal or intimate about it. You understand? Amen. Your wife gets you home. She's like, um, we need to spend some personal time together as well. We need to... Uh, uh, I want I want to go out to dinner by ourselves. Can we go out to dinner by ourselves? Right. <laughs> Why you always got to have friends with you? So God is looking for intimacy and he's looking for time spent with him. And we're looking for religion and group dating. OK. And God is like, that does not make you a Christian. Amen. This is why he's telling these people, I don't know you. We don't have a relationship so I don't know you. So then he says this, I never knew you, 
But he says this, away from me, you evildoers. So not only did he not know them, but in their personal actions, they were doing things that they knew God didn't approve of. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, I'm still doing this, but at least I go to church. And so I know Jesus. Don't judge me. I know Jesus. I'm an usher at my church. Sorry, I didn't mean to judge you. I just wanted to help you out. Matthew is in the New Testament. I might flip over. You don't even know the Bible, right? So I'm like, we've got to understand what God will is what is God's will God's will is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus okay the lover of your soul who died for you okay let's go to um, John chapter 6 okay And let's see, it's, I, I know it's verse 40, but let me see if I need to start earlier. Okay. Okay. I'm a, yeah. John chapter 6, uh, verse, it will be, we'll, what we're getting to is verse 40. And, and here it is. Okay. Now, v- verse 39, I'll start at. And it says, and this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up in the last day. For the Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. But God says, first you have to Look to the sun. Okay? Behold. You have to behold the sun. Now, remember when she was, uh, uh, that Lot was escaping, and, they, and God said, don't look back. Don't go, behold. Because <laughs> what you're doing is, because what she, what the word means is, here, let me, let me, let me kind of, okay. Um, it's called, the, the Greek word is theoro, and it's the word used for behold. Now, let me tell you something about behold in, in scripture, and then Pastor Ben didn't know this when he was saying it. Behold in scripture, sometimes it's lowercase and sometimes it's capitalized. If you look at your Bible, Sometimes it'll say behold, but it'll capitalize it because it's concerning something God is talking about. But if it's just saying behold this and it's not something God, it'll be lowercase. Okay, so behold is like a title of God, which puts the spirit on both sides and puts spiritual growth in the middle. You understand? So God wants you. It's the it's the letter none. Okay, so. It's it, God wants you to be surrounded by the Holy Spirit as you're growing in him. This is what behold means in in scripture. OK, so it's not 
in the Hebrew. So it's not just I look to Jesus and then I go along my way because I look to Jesus. You understand? When she looked back, she had a desire and a want to go back to Sodom. It was, it was almost like driving away from a loved one. You ever see those movies where the train's taking off and the guy's chasing him and, and she's looking back? I'm gonna miss you and you know, it's like that, right? That's how she was doing, okay? Now God says, when you see, when you look at Jesus, you've got to look to Jesus the same way as that. And here's the word. In Greek is theoro, okay? And it's a compound word. You know what a compound word is, right? Okay, you take two words, put them together to make one. Okay, it comes from two other Hebrew words, I mean Greek words, and this is what it means. Okay, it just says to look or to see, but it means to view attentively, to survey. So God is saying, when you look to Jesus, do it attentively and survey what's going on, okay? Now, the compound words that it's taken from, theoma means um, complete view with admiration. So not just look and survey, but admire what you're looking at. This is what God wants you to do when he says, look to Jesus, okay? Then the other compound word says, while you're looking, it says to learn by looking. So while you're looking, learn what you're looking at and who you're looking at. And it says to become acquainted with by experience. This is the Greek word behold and the Greek word for to look to Jesus. So I want you to become acquainted with Jesus by experience, to learn of him, to have an admiration for him, okay, to contemplate, to be attentive, and to survey Jesus. Not just look, but in English, it just goes, just look to Jesus and you'll be saved. That's the problem with English. You understand? That's the problem with English. That's why Jesus says, study to show thyself approved. Because if you don't study, you won't know what God is talking about. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The word means to, to take his last name as in a marriage. It don't mean Jesus. It means call means in Greek to take on the last name as, as if you're marrying somebody and taking on their name. Okay, so the Greek is always clarifying. Don't just read this. God says study it so you know I don't want you to just look to Jesus. Okay, now watch this. It says here, uh, I'm still in 30, 38, I'm in 39, right? Yes, okay. And this is the will of God who sent me that I will lose none None of all that he has given me, but raise them up in the last days. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. 
Now, the word pistos believe, what kind of verb is it? Because these are verbs. And they mean, the verb meaning has to be continuous, active, and engaged. Okay, this is what an aorta's verb in Greek means. You have to be continuous, you have to be active, and you have to be engaged. Try being married by losing, by, and leave out one of those words. <laughs> and see how long your marriage lasts, okay? You have to be attentive, you have to be continuous, attentive, and in, continuous, and engaged. That means you have to be engaged. You understand? How you doing today, honey? What can I do for you, honey? I was watching you today, honey, and it looked like things weren't going to it. What can I do for you? You better be engaged. You understand? And this is what God is saying. Look, he said, don't just say that you believe in me. Okay, because it believe first is pistos and it's a continuous verb. Hebrew imuna is a continuous verb. It means to be doing something in action that's continuously happening. Confess is an aorta's verb. I'm doing this, but for the rest of my life, I'm confessing Jesus. You understand? It's an aorta's verb. So nobody can just say, I believed in Jesus when I was when I was in the world, and then I didn't go to heaven. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know what happened. You just believed. Then you went about your life and did what you wanted. You understand? So God wants you to not just look, but to be attentive, to, to, to be engaged with Jesus. Go to uh, Corinthians chapter... First uh, Corinthians chapter one verse fifteen. Okay. Now you know why God gave you your message, Pastor Ben. <laughs> okay. Are you in Corinthians chapter fifteen? Okay. Verse one. Watch this. Watch this. Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. If you're in, did I say that? Okay, okay, chapter 15, verse 1. Now someone sent me, Pastor Sandy, um, are we once saved, always saved, or do I have to live for Jesus? Or, you know, because I'm struggling with things and, and, well, keep fighting. Keep fighting for Jesus. Fight the good fight. Continue. Understand? But she wants to know, I, I need to be correct in this matter because I don't want to lose my salvation believing that I can continue in sin and still go to heaven. And I wanted her to know, thank you for asking me because I don't want you to think that you can continue in sin and still end up in heaven. Because it won't happen, you guys. I'm sorry. I know it is what the Southern Baptist Convention teaches people and it's what the, the, the Freemasons teach people. And these people, they have an agenda. They don't want you to be on the first trip. They want you to be in the tribulation. You understand? So listen to this. Watch. It says, now, brethren, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you.
which you received. Did they receive it? Yes. Lambano. That means they took it and they received it. Okay. And on which you have taken a stand. Now they're Christians. Mm -hmm. Okay. By this gospel, you are saved. Hallelujah. What's the next word? If. Mm. It's a big old word, huh? If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. You hear that? So if you don't continue, what does it say? You believed in vain. If you're not in relationship, you believed in vain. You understand? I'm trying to teach you how not to have religion and to how to have a relationship with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, it's way more important your personal time in your scripture and your personal time in prayer and your personal communication with Jesus each and every day is more important than saying, you know, I got to get up and go to church. I got to get up and go to church. I got to get because you can be running and running and never spend time with the person you say you love. You can be in a relationship like that. You can just be a workaholic. And you're like, I'm paying the bills, I'm paying the bills, I'm doing this, I'm doing, I'm doing all this for you, honey. And she's like, can we just have a date and sit down and talk? I know you're doing all this for me, but what I really want is some personal time with you, honey. That's all Jesus is saying. I need some personal time with you so that we can have a real relationship. And don't fake it like you do, because you know, all of us know. It is not, it, this, is, this is not God trying to fool you. Right. You know. If God says, away from me, I never knew you, you know. You absolutely want to know. You're like, oh, do you, have you read your Bible? I, I forgot where I put it. <laughs> but didn't I do miracles in your name and cast out the devil? <laughs> You don't even know what your Bible is. What are you talking about? It's like you know, right? You know when you're in a relationship. Nobody has to tell you you're in a relationship. You know. And you know when you're not. So when your pastor says, so how's it going? Don't say, well, it's going pretty good. Is it really going good? Well, what book are you in? Uh, I really don't know what the Bible is right now, but... Come on, you know, come on, just say, just say the truth, Pastor, I'm not doing good. I mean, I, I ain't read my Bible in like weeks. I ain't prayed in months. And I know you ain't seen me in the building in years, <laughs> right? So you know you're not in a relationship. So it shouldn't be a surprise when you go before God, you know, and then he don't know you. This is an incredible thing. Don't you hate when this happens to you? Somebody recognizes you and you don't remember them. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> Why y'all gonna embarrass God like that? Why you gonna get to heaven and embarrass God like that? Jesus! Oh, I forgot your name. We ain't spent time. I ain't seen you in so long. I forgot your name. What's your name again? You wanna say that, but it's embarrassing, right? You wanna say that, but it's so embarrassing that you just kinda like try to talk until you figure it out, right? Why are you going to put God through that? <laughs> you get up there, Jesus. Ah, God, 
I know we went to high school together. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> hold up. Uh, don't do that to God. You understand? Stay in continual relationships. Because if you stay in continual relationships, nobody has to figure out what your name is, who you are, because you've been in relationship and it's been continuous. God said, make some things simple. Praise God. Okay, now. These are scriptures that if you can believe in God and not spend time with him or not stay connected to him, that we could we would have to take all of these scriptures out of the Bible. You understand? So if you were once saved, always saved or once you got saved, you didn't have to do anything else. All of these scriptures and I only wrote a few, but there are plenty more. We would literally have to take them out of the Bible. Okay, and first let's start with John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Gospel of John chapter 15. Now listen, it says, I am the true, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener, verse 1, right? He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. That's what God does. Okay? While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can have bear more fruit. You understand? So you might be doing good in Jesus, then you might have a little problem. But it's not God rejecting you. He's pruning you because you're growing and he wants you to grow some more. So he'll prune you. Now, pruning is cutting away things. So it may hurt a little bit, but I'm only doing it because I see you're growing and I want you to grow some more. You understand? But if you're not producing any fruit, he just cuts that off. You understand? So that means that your actions are very important to God because your actions are, are your fruit. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I was in the store the other day and I was getting, it was this morning, and I was getting impatient. <laughs> and the lady is like being very patient with the lady. And I'm like, and then I heard the Holy Spirit say, be patient. Don't get out of character. Because impatience is not a fruit of the spirit. You understand? Burst of anger and rage is not a fruit of the spirit. Okay? So there's some things that we're supposed, our actions are showing God that I'm growing in you. I'm not that same person. And as you're growing, he's going to prune you so you continue to grow. But if you're producing no fruit, it comes a time where God says, this branch here isn't producing anything. Cut that off. And God says, that's what God does. You understand? It says, um, it says, you are already clean uh, uh, because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. This is Jesus talking. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. A man remains in me, and I in him, and he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the hell, I mean, the fire. <laughs> Now listen, you, this is a branch that is connected to God. You understand? Now, if once saved, always saved, I got to say, Jesus, this is something you shouldn't have put in the Bible. You shouldn't have put this, because whether I stay connected to you or not, I'm saved. Jesus says, no, you got to remain in me, because if outside of me, you're not going to produce any godliness. And if you're not producing any godliness, I got to cut you off. And then that branch, I got to throw in the fire. Is this kind of plain? Can you get the plainness of this? Okay. Can can we start a new relation? A new religion? Like, you know, because this is what Nicholas did. This is the Nicolaitan doctrine. Once saved, always saved is not a a new thing. It started with a guy that was in the church, and his name was Nicholas, and and he began this religion saying that. You can continue in sin. You can continue in fornication. You can continue doing all these things and you can still be God's people. Don't worry about it because you're already God's people because you believed once. But it doesn't say you continued. You understand? So know and understand this. This is a hard message for today's Christians because everybody wants to go to church and everybody wants to quote a scripture and nobody wants to spend time in Christ, in their word growing and in prayer in relationship with Jesus. <coughs> but it's what God requires. It is his will. Not your will. What is Thelema? Thelema is a, is a satanic uh, a group of people that have a religion. Jay-Z is a part of it. It's called Thelema. It says, do as thy will. You ever see Jay-Z with that t-shirt on? Look for the sh shirt. He's wearing, he's wearing a shirt that says, do as thy will shall be the whole of the law, which was the leader of the satanic church. Do your will, do what you want, not what God wants. So it's satanic when you exercise your will over God's will. Yes. Thy will be done yes. in my life. Yes. And I've accepted Jesus. Thy will be done. Yes. My will is that I lose none. And my will is that you look to the son, that you be attentive, that you admire him, that you have experience, that you're in a relationship with him. Look to him and, and continue in this because these are verbs and continue in this so that when the day comes, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amen. So I'm gonna I'm get away from that. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. So I would have to take the branch thing out of there. That would be, that would just mess up people's once saved, always saved doctrine. <laughs> Can't practice my religion because this this guy keeps preaching against it 10 verse 26 
It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Did that person receive the knowledge of the truth? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Greek word means that he took it and he accepted it. Okay? And not he heard it. He took it. He accepted it. Now the scripture says, now if you, could, if you deliberately keep on sinning, watch this. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So if I accept Jesus and I say, yeah, but I'm not going to stop clubbing. I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to stop clubbing. I'm not going to stop. I ain't going to stop doing it. I ain't going to stop cheating on my wife because she can't. She ain't caught me yet. So therefore, everybody in church thinks everything is going good with me. And I'm an usher. Wow. So it's like you think you're fooling somebody, right? And God is like, go ahead, continue. Because at some time you're going to meet God. And you're going to talk about all the things that you did at church. And God's going to say, no, I knew you. God is not mocked. Who thinks they can fool God? Huh? You cannot. Those two beautiful young ladies. Another verse. Um, let me, James chapter five. Um, the Nicolaitan doctrine. I just want to read one Nicolaitan doctrine. Uh, uh, scripture, which is in Rome in Revelation chapter chapter two, verse six. OK, but James chapter five, 19 uh, through 20 is one of the scriptures. And I'm trying not to uh, go over my time. So I'm skipping over some of the scriptures that I could read, but I'm trying not to go over my time. You're Revelation chapter two. Yeah. Are you in verse six? Yeah. Okay, Revelation chapter two, verse six. And it says, but you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I, Jesus is speaking here, he says, which I also hate. Okay, so Jesus says, I hate the doctrine. Okay, so if you're a Christian and you're out there defending something that Jesus hates, mm -hmm. something's wrong with you. In chapter two, verse 15, it says it once again. Jesus says, many of these are a part of this doctrine of Nicolaitan, which I hate. Okay, it, when you tell, would you hate if your wife had a doctrine that says, I can be married to you and sleep with any other, any other man I want. That's my doctrine. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't you kind of hate that doctrine? You know what I mean? Or if you're a husband, wouldn't you hate that doctrine? So if you're a Christian and you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I can do whatever I feel like. Wouldn't you hate it? See, we, if I connect this to relationship, yeah. you can understand. You understand? But when you, when you try to put it under the religion of you're saved by grace and grace alone, and you don't have to stop doing anything, then, then that's a new doctrine that God says, if anyone tries to preach to you a new doctrine, let that person be condemned. Right. Every covenant 
is two way. There's only one covenant in the Bible that is one way, and that's God's relationship with the people of Abraham, because God said, I'm going to save Israel and I'm going to multiply them. So he put Abraham to sleep by himself while he did the, 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 the covenant. Yeah. That was the only covenant. But the covenant that Jesus had, Jesus said, this, this new covenant that I'm giving you in my blood, this is between you and Jesus. The Ten Commandments was a covenant between him and the people. A covenant requires two people and two people doing their part, which means someone's will has to die. Someone's will has to die. You understand? And is it going to be your will or is it going to be God's will? That's what you have to determine. Is it going to be your will or God's will? And, and the way you find out is what you do when the situation arrives. You know what I mean? Because everybody's a loyal husband till you, till you meet Susie Q. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now, now we got to see what you, now we got to see what you're going to do. Okay, what you going to do now? She in your face. She got the number. She just put it in your hand. What you going to do now, big Christian? If you put it in the trash, God would go, awesome. That is someone that has submitted their will to mine because they told their flesh no and they said yes to my will. Okay, now, when you're a Christian, when you become a Christian, are you going to be uh, perfect? Are you going to be perfect from from the time you say, I'm going to do this? Are you going to be perfect? So that means God has to create a system that allows you to be forgiven for things that you do that are outside of God and to come back into relationship. But to be able to do that, you would have to, the Holy Spirit would have to make you recognize what you just did. And then you can't quench the spirit by saying, I'm not listening to you. You would have to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Then you would have to conform and repent and then come back in line with God. So God created a system where if people, since people can't be perfect, that in your imperfection, they're backslidden because they made a mistake. But God says you can repent and be put back in right standing with God. You understand? Now, if you try to live this, you try to mock God, which this is what God calls mocking him. God, the Bible says God is not mocked. You can't like, I'm going to do it again because I can say, forgive me. No. We don't play games. You know this. This is like God made humans very intelligent. So don't go to God and go, you know, you know I try to play dumb. Like, who's that guy? Well, I just they threw all the gold. You know, I told them to take off the gold and they threw in the fire. And out came this cow. (laughs) If if I was God, I would have just slapped air like, what do you think? I'm stupid. But this is what we do. We're trying to, you know, don't try to fool God. Don't try to mock him. You understand? Don't try to mock God. You know what is right. And you know, and you know if you've done something, you sincerely repent and you re- sincerely return back to God. And you can. Cons- OK, so let's go to first John one nine and then we're going to finish. 
because I think you guys got it by now. I don't, I don't, I have scripture upon scripture, and I, this morning I had nothing except the hold. <laughs> First John 1 9, okay? I want you guys to take this home with you because this is, this is the, 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 this is what God wants you to know, because let me tell you, you can be very discouraged in Christ. You can become very discouraged in Christ. You can become saved and have a smoking problem. And then the Holy Spirit is convicting you of smoking every time you like, God, why can't I stop doing this? You know, and but you got to continue in your word and continue growing in Christ until you just like one day you wake up and you say, not, not again, I'm done. And then one day you, you, you're around somebody that smokes and you go, I hate the smell of cigarettes. And you can't even stand to be around it, right? Now, God will deliver some people immediately. You know, like my mother. She got delivered immediately from smoking. She said, I went to church and God took my cigarettes. She took cigarettes, so he took cigarettes away from me. And I go to my room and I say, Moses, Mom went to church because we didn't know nothing about church and uh, Jesus took her cigarettes. <laughs> and my brother was like, why would he do that? So we, so we went there, we asked like, you know, what happened? She's explaining to us that she had a habit and, it was, and God delivered her from it. So then we understood. You understand? So Sometimes God can take it from you immediately. You understand? Like God took Pastor Ben's alcohol. <laughs> like, okay, now watch this. It says, this, it says um, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, us and Jesus. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. So don't call, don't sin and then walk around like you haven't done anything when the Holy Spirit is talking to you and it's not sin and people are just judging you because you're calling God a liar. Okay? Now chapter 2 says this. It says, my dear children. So who is God talking to? Christians, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Isn't that awesome? God doesn't want us to sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who, who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus is ever sitting beside God as a high priest. If you make a mistake, you can repent and come back to God. 
And God set this system up because he know you might not be perfect from the time you cry and walk up the aisle and give your life to Christ. And then you get baptized. You might not become perfect overnight. But God's got a system. Like if you mess up, let's stay in relationship. The Holy Spirit will convict you. You confess it. Come back. I'm going to cleanse you and we're going to stay in relationship. Okay, it's a perfect system and you don't play around with it. Okay. But to sit around saying I can do whatever I want and do my will and then and then end up in heaven, you're fooling yourself. We are on very short time. And, and, and the Lord told me this. The rapture will separate truth from lies. OK, because then at that time, you'll know if I'm sitting here at the rapture happened and I'm still here. I can't say nothing to nobody. They'll be like, you were you went right. Some I don't know what you was doing. Pastor, but you, something wrong. You would know. Right. You would immediately know if the rapture happened. I'm still here. Something's wrong. What was you what you wasn't telling us, man? <laughs> so the rapture is going to separate. OK, it's going to separate the righteous from the lies. You understand? So God said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about who's false, who's not false, who, who's not a real path. Who's this? Who's that? Because the rapture will separate it all. And truth will be laid bare. Okay? So praise God. Let's all be in relationship so we can leave when the first trip goes. Okay? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. The Lord gave me a message, Pastor Dan.